Savage truth. Savage truth. It's the savage. Good morning, world victory. Church, I'm Pastor Roy Dockery. Thank you for joining us here this morning for our, our 8 a.m. virtual service. We apologize for the, uh, the, the small delays, but we will get right into the message on this morning. So uh, the, the one thing about 8 o'clock is people have the benefit of seeing the title of the sermon before they click into the Facebook video or the YouTube link. So some of you know what I'll be talking about on today, but I'm going to open us in prayer, jump right into the scripture because we've got to do some testifying on today. <laughs> Amen. Dearly Father, we thank you for another opportunity, Father, to gather under your name. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come here, God, and lay our hearts bare, God, to allow our ground to be provoked and to be, and to be broken, God, so that we can be stirred up, God, so that we can be shaken, Father, so that we can be reconciled, Father, so we can be convicted, Father, so we can be challenged, Father, so we can be better, so that we can be Christ-like, that we can be transformed in our minds and our hearts. So God, I pray that you prepare every ear right now, God, not just to hear, Father, but to receive, God, that it passes through just the processes of our mind, God, and that these things settle into our heart. God, I pray that every seed you need to be planted, Father, is planted meticulously in the ground that you prepared for it to be placed in. God, we thank you for the freedom to worship you, God. We thank you for peace, literally, Father, in the midst of war, God. We thank you, Father, for keeping us for another week, for keeping us from sickness, from keeping us from death, God, from keeping us from, from, um, from self-sabotage, Father. I thank you, God, that even the negative things we may have spoken upon ourselves, God, that the negative things we may have uttered, God, not knowing, Father, the power of our tongue, God, that you even guarded us, God, against what we've said because you love us. God, we thank you for this time today. We thank you for your people, God. We thank you for your son. And it's in his name I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to jump right into scripture this morning to open us up. And I'm going to read from a passage that's probably familiar to most people, but then we're probably going to take it in a bit of a direction um, that, that most people have not. So we're going to start at Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 21, verse 21 and 22. And it said, so Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Now, this is something that we hear often about prayer and about having faith and about us being able to move the mountain, but that's not what stood out to me when I was, when I was diving into this. And there was a word that jumped off the page, and it was the word assuredly. And I'm like, why does this word sound so familiar, especially when you're reading the New King James Version? And then I did a little research, Pastor Sean, and it's because the word assuredly appears in the New Testament 77 times, right? But only once outside of the gospel. It's used in Acts. Other than that, it's Jesus repeatedly saying the word assuredly. Right? Like, assuredly means to be bold and confident. It means to be free from timidity. 
right? It means I'm, I'm bold about what I'm saying. So Jesus was speaking with a level of boldness and confidence that is probably that probably was not seen. Everyone else was reading from a scroll. Everyone else was reading from the prophets, right? They're speaking with an intellectual level of understanding of what they're saying, but Jesus was speaking with the boldness and a confidence that actually started gathering and, and, and acquiring the attention of everybody around, right? So when I was preparing for this message, it weighed on me, right? The focus Jesus seems to put on a single phrase, especially when he was preaching in front of a crowd. See, Jesus came and was challenging expectations. Jesus was disrupting the culture, and he was doing it with the confidence that was so infectious that it got the attention of both secular and religious leaders, right? So here are some examples, and all of these will sound familiar to you, but again, the assuredly word is said so often it doesn't jump out, right? So in Matthew 6, 5, we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus said, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, and they may be see- as, um, that they may be seen by men, But then Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, right? So Jesus is challenging the hypocrites that like to pray loud and long. And he was like, I'm telling you, like they're doing that for people. But I assure you, I'm confident, right? This is a man just speaking in a synagogue that says, I'm confident they have their reward. Then you go to Matthew chapter 6 still, and then you go down to verse 16, and we're talking about another very holy, a very sanctified activity. He talks about fasting, and Jesus said, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to be men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. If you go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, it says, whoever gives Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. You go to Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, Jesus says, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's, this, is, this is Jesus saying very contradictory things to the culture at the time in saying it with the punctuation that I am confident, that I am bold, that I, am, I have no timidity, there's no, no cap. I am telling you that what I say is true. But the crazy thing is we can see throughout the gospel that those who even had the firsthand accounts of miracles and the power that Jesus walked in still needed to be assured over and over again. See, when you have seen the miraculous, you've seen the laws of nature defied, when you've seen a mountain move because of what you asked for in prayer, do we feel assured or are we still surprised? Right? So you watch Jesus cast out a demon and then he cast out another demon and you watch Jesus raise the dead and you watch Jesus heal the sick and you watch Jesus take two fish and five loaves and feed thousands, but then every time... People are still surprised. And Jesus is like, what is wrong with these people? Like, I'm saying it with confidence. I'm doing it with confidence. But they're not internalizing the assurance. Right? So I would argue that most of us would still respond with surprise when God does something miraculous. 
And I'm not talking about like that awe that we're supposed to have, right? That reverence and that worship. But I'm talking about when something defies our logic, we're surprised. And it's normally echoed with our common Christian sayings, Minister, uh, uh, Dr. Bucky, right? Like, look at God. Right, G? They, they be like, won't he do it? Won't he? But that's a surprise, right? Like, oh, like, look at God. Like, God caught you off guard. Like, won't he do it? I, I didn't think he did, but he did, won't he? But no, see, the title of today's message was born out of circumstances that I'm, I was telling Pastor Sean that I'm, I'm actually preaching my way through it right now, right? But there was an assurance that God placed on my heart and the peace that I felt at other times in my life that God decided to apply to another area of my heart. Like, one of the things that I always pray is that, God, if there's something in me that's stopping me from doing what you need me to do, I need you to remove it. I need you to break me to get me there, right? So, because for me, like, God has done miraculous things with my health, so Pastor Sean, doctor's visits don't bother me. You can say anything you want to me in the doctor's office. I know, I know God's in control. He's proven it. He showed me, right? I saw that miracle, so now I have assurance. But like, I saw that miracle, so I have assurance, right? Same thing. He's done miraculous things with my finances. Last year, I was able to pay off all of my wife's student loan debt, right? And just in five years, I had a plan. And I was like, God's doing miraculous things. So when it comes to money, when it comes to finances, I have no concern because God continues to take care of me and take care of my family. I have assurance in my finances, Right? When God has done miraculous things with my safety, I've been in car accidents and been miraculously saved. And so, like, even when it comes to, like, being in danger, when it comes to concerns, like, I have peace because God has given me assurance that he is protecting me. Right? So, I have assurances in all of these areas. But what God has to do is reveal to us sometimes that he's got to take us through something new so that we can feel assured. See, when will we believe that we are actually under God's warranty? It's funny because, like, the company that does most of the cell phone replacement plans is actually called the Shurian, <laughs> right? So, like, we don't really believe that we are under warranty, right? We, we talk about being blood-bought. We talk about being purchased with a cost. We talk about being reconciled. We talk about being covered, but right, like we, we look at the Allstate commercial and you're like, you're, every, you're, you're safe in the hands, right, of Allstate. But we don't act like we're safe in the hands of Jesus when, when Jesus has already put us under warranty. See, most of us can't go a year without a purchase where we're being offered a protection plan or an extended warranty. Right. Whether you're um, matter of fact, I bought we bought some new patio furniture for our front porch and I got offered a three-year protection plan on an outside patio set. I'm like, what is, it's outside. But the interesting thing is, when I get home and open the box, there's a three-year warranty on the furniture already. I didn't buy it, because I read some economic studies and it said extended warranties are a waste of money, right? But when I got home, the warranty offered with what I bought was the equivalent of what somebody was selling me in addition. Right? And I'm normally the person that buys the warranties because I don't like to have to worry about things. I travel too much. I'm too busy. I like to make sure that my wife, Pastor Sean, is covered. So if something pops up, she can call a number and somebody can come 
and take care of it. See, and when I, and you know, so whether it's a video game that I'm buying for my daughter, whether it's a, a TV or some monitors that I got from my new office setup, it doesn't matter what you buy now, they'll offer you a protection plan for $2, but there's all of these assurances that the world keeps trying to offer us and everything. You buy a new car and I'm like, well, include the maintenance and yeah, it has a 10,000 mile or 100,000 mile warranty for 10 years, but we'll extend it to 20 because the world is trying to show us that it can alleviate our cares and that, and that we are covered. But then as Christians, do we understand what's covered? Do we, uh, do we have assurances <laughs> with our warranty provider? See, I started talking about assurance, and now I'm talking about warranties. So I'm like, people may be like, okay, what's the, some people may see the correlation, but, but let me just further with some definitions, right? A warranty is a written guarantee by definition, right? A guarantee is a formal promise of assurance by definition, I didn't notice when I started. I was like, well, Jesus, where are we going? So right, when, we, when we talk about that blessed assurance that we sing about, right, that blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood or covered in his blood. See, the written guarantee of God's formal promises, right, which would, which would translate into a warranty, is the word of God, right? But these were formal promises given by Jesus because Jesus keeps saying assuredly, 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 assuredly. He's issuing all these assurances. Then the, the writers of the Bible went and read it, wrote it down. So they took that assurance, which was a formal promise from Jesus. They wrote it down, which means the Bible is your warranty. But are you, are you under warranty? See, I had to learn in the past couple of weeks that, that, that sometimes we don't read our warranty in full detail, Pastor Sean. See, how many of us actually read the details of our warranty coverage? How many of us actually follow through with the registration that's required for your warranty to be active? You buy a new refrigerator, you buy a new car, you buy a new computer, you get a new phone. Like, we do all of this stuff. We don't even go through the initial process of registering with the manufacturer or the creator. And now 11 months go by and you got a problem. Now you're trying to find your information. You ain't got no account. They don't know what your purchase date is. You're trying to find your receipt. So even that initial part of establishing the relationship, Pastor Sean, with the manufacturer, we missed that point. So you have some people who are not under warranty because they haven't read the information, but otherwise some people don't even have the relationship with the creator to be under warranty to begin with. Because you didn't, you didn't make that relationship. You didn't make that connection. See, and I'm talking about warranty stuff for a reason. Because, see, I, I bought my wife a car in 2019. And at the time, right, they were, they were offering these specials. And I bought her a Chrysler at a Ford dealership. And they were like, we, Ford's got the best warranty in the, in the industry, right? We got this premium care. It'll cover everything on the car, front to back. Like, it covers rotors. It covered stuff that normally was a wear and tear component. I was like, this is insane. Okay, give me that. Right? I travel a lot. It's a new car for my wife. Then I know up to 100,000 miles, 2023, nothing to worry about. Cool. Buy it. But I never read the warranty. 
right? I had the packet, I put it in the glove compartment with the rest of the paper when the car was purchased. It's a brand new car, there's nothing wrong with it, right? And then 2020 comes and then we have a problem with like this little auxiliary battery. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's a couple hundred bucks, I'll just pay to get it replaced, right? And then, you know, but, cause my concern for buying the warranty wasn't about having my brakes fixed. Bucky, it wasn't about having, um, it wasn't about having the, the rotors replaced. Like, like I, can, I can easily afford those, those repairs that creep up to the right underneath the thousand, right, without a problem. Like I can change my battery, I can, regular maintenance, I can take care of that, right? But it's those repairs that cross over <laughs> the hundred range and start falling into the thousands. Like that was my concern. Like I bought the warranty so that if the transmission failed, I wouldn't have to pay thousand dollars. That if the engine failed, I wouldn't have to pay thousands of dollars. But the point is that was my desire, not what was written in the warranty, Pastor Sean. Because in the warranty, more things were covered. So now I'm depending on the warranty for the, for the crisis. I'm depending on the warranty for the storm. I'm depending for the warranty for that break glass in case of emergency. But my warranty covered the battery. My warranty covered the brakes. My warranty covered thousands of dollars of regular maintenance that I had got done on my car because I didn't bother to read the warranty in full. See, and then... In October of 2021, I, I traded in one of my vehicles and I bought a truck. But the funny thing about that is how that salesperson evangelized the warranty, right? He didn't just say everything was covered and gave it to me. He also said, bring your truck here anytime there's a problem. He said, if you got a flat tire, bring it here, we'll tow it. If you've got a scraped rim, bring it here, we'll take care of it. If you've got an alarm that pops on, bring it here, we'll take care of it. Because he said, we know what's covered under your warranty. We know what's included, and we would never charge you for something, right? And so he explained to me those details because otherwise I would have done the same thing. I would have thrown it in the glove box, and as long as the engine wasn't falling out, I would have kept taking my car to AAA where I normally go, and I would have kept giving them my money even though I had already been paid for. Right? So this is the same thing. We've got some warranties, but we've got a lot of weird relationships with other businesses, right? I, I know Christians that still go see psychics because a psychic wants to tell you something, right? And then we need a bunch of counselors and we got a bunch of life coaches and I don't, there's nothing wrong with mentors or, or mental health or anything like that. But we have to understand who the manufacturer is and make sure that nothing's being done outside of our warranty. See, we don't want to go to God with every little thing, right? And, and I understand that. I feel the same way. Like, I feel like God is busy, Pastor Sean. You know, like, you know, Pastor Sean's an engineer. I study nuclear physics. Like, there's a lot of natural law he just needs to keep in place. Like, God can focus on gravity. He ain't got to worry about my brake pads right now, right? Like, I, I want God to focus on bigger things. There's a war going on in, you, in Ukraine, right? There's still a pandemic raging. There's people praying for cancer healing right now. And I think sometimes because we have such a personal relationship with God as an individual, we forget he stands outside of time and understanding and that God is not short of time for anyone. But we don't feel like we want to bother him. Like, I don't want to be on hold for God when that's never going to be the case. Like, he can handle a cancer patient right now and your small concern. Because in the warranty, he tells us to put everything on him. Not just the emergencies, not just the, the critical things, but everything on him. But honestly, we don't feel that way, right? Can we, can we just be honest? Like, I don't... He's God. 
right? Like just being in awe in respect of God. I'm like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste your energy. Like I got this, right? Like, you know, I, I got a couple dollars in the bank. Like, let me, I got this. Like I can, somebody's got a problem. Like I don't really need to pray for them. Like, let me just hit them off real quick, right? When the prayer could help, I could introduce you to the God that could answer all of your problems, but let me just shortcut it because I think God is busy and let me hook you up. Right, but the funny thing is when we talk about God's ability to continue blessing, when I, when I looked at Psalm 68, verse 19, it said, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. Daily loads us with benefits. So it's like if I had a card right? Like, let's just make it practical. If I, if I had a debit card and I felt like I was swiping it too many times and I was going in the negative because of how much I was calling on God, how much I was needing God, how much I was asking God, like, even if I scanned and I scanned and I scanned and I went far, far in the negative in my own mind, the next day, God would just load it back up, right? Like, the balance would be cleared the next day because daily he keeps loading us with benefits. And so the question I have again is, do you understand that you are under warranty? See, I don't have bullet points like I normally have today because I'm in the middle of a situation that God is using to show me what it means to be covered, right? Not just covered by warranty, not just covered by a protection plan, but to be covered by the blood of Jesus, so on April 10th, which is two weeks ago today, I was presiding. I was here at 8 o'clock. I was not here at 10 o'clock because my wife's car would not start. So my wife's car wouldn't start. Um, Deacon Dowart is my neighbor. He lives two doors down. He was trying to help her jump the car. Car wouldn't jump. And I said, okay. I was like, brother, thank you for your help. I, I, Sean was in his office. I'm like, hey, can you cover service? I need to go see what's going on with my wife's car. So get home, do a little, you know, do my little mechanic you know, evaluation, I'm like, yeah, definitely seems like the starter is dead. Okay, no problem. Call AAA. I have AAA coverage. I don't really have to ask a question about a, a, a car, right? Is this going to cost me? It's not. I already paid for it. Call AAA and said, hey, I need you to tow my car to AAA. I used the one, um, I used the one here in Greensboro. So they came and they re-verified. They tried to do the battery. They're like, nope, the battery's not, it's not that. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's the starter. Let's put it on the truck. They towed it. So it gets, to the, it gets to the dealer, it gets to the mechanic on Monday. They check it. They also confirmed that it was a starter. They were like, we can get a starter. We'll get it in. Your car will be ready on Tuesday. And I'm like, work perfect. That works for me. I'm like, I'm going out of town on Tuesday anyway. I was flying to Detroit for business. Um, so I'm like, that works. So then I get a call on Tuesday. I'm in Detroit. And I get a call and they apologize. They're like, we're sorry, like we had an issue. The first starter we put on was bad out of the box. We had to get another starter and then we shorted out your pre-fuse box. So we're gonna replace that under warranty, right? Under warranty for the service they were doing. No charge, we're gonna throw in an oil change for you, but the fuse box doesn't come in until Thursday. Now keep in mind on top of this, on Sunday night, I spent the night praying for my father who was going into surgery on Tuesday for cancer. 
right? So like I'm dealing with this while my father's getting cancer surgery. And then while they were doing that, they nicked something else that they weren't supposed to. So he wound up getting two surgeries instead of one. So like that's also going on while I'm dealing with my wife only having, not having access to her vehicle. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So, you know, my father went through his surgery. I'm in Detroit. They're calling me. They're giving me bad news about the car. And in my mind, I'm like, doesn't matter. Like I'm only paying for the starter. That's all I needed. Keep it, keep it moving. Then I get a call on Thursday. So Thursday, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, supposed to be flying back to, to Greens, I mean, to, to Raleigh. So I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, and I realized that my trip got booked wrong. So now I'm stranded in Cleveland with a return flight that's supposed to be out of Detroit. I got contractors showing up at my house on Friday morning. My car is supposed to be done. They're supposed to be calling me within a couple of hours. So my wife was supposed to be picking up her car and then grabbing me from the airport. And we've got all of this going on. Now I'm stuck in, I'm stuck in Cleveland with no way to get home the same day. So again, I'm, and to be honest, Pastor Sean, I'm not prayerful about this. I travel a lot. Right? So I go on my app. I'm like, there are no flights. Okay, whatever. I'm like, I'm at Avis, so I'm going to just rent a car, and I'm going to drive home. It's an eight-hour drive. So I'm like, I can drive home. Eight hours, no problem. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, most of this will be daylight. I'll be good to go. So I literally was with one of my employees. He dropped me off. I walked two cars over, jumped in another car, and then started driving home. Then I get a call from AAA. And AAA proceeds to tell me that, oh, we got the car done, the starter's good, but we think there's coolant leaking into your engine, so we think your head gasket might be cracked, so you might need an engine replacement. And I'm like, okay, first of all, now my alarms are going off, because now, like I said, Pastor Sean, these are thousands we talking about. These are not hundreds, and so even the lady on the phone asked me, she said, but I was wondering, your car's not that old, is it under warranty? And I was like, you know what? I think it is under warranty. I said, let me make a phone call real quick. I called the dealer where I bought it from. He told me the name of the warranty. I called her back. I said, it is under warranty, um, but it has to be taken care of at a dealer. So just button it back up. Make sure, the, the, um, you know, make sure the coolant, everything is good. Give me the car back. I'll come pick it up on Friday and then take it to Chrysler. So I do all of that. I take the car to Chrysler. Chrysler looks at it. Between Saturday and Monday, they call me. They're like, there's nothing wrong with your car. It's not leaking coolant. You don't have an engine problem. They were like, you can come get it. You're good to go. So I'm like, bless the Lord, right? I'm, I'm like, the Lord done work miracles. He done fixed my engine, right, on the transport from point A to point B. My wife comes and does food delivery on Tuesday. The car is fine. But then on the way home, she tells me, she's, she, she, she calls me. She says, my check engine light came on. And she was like, and, and I was like, so don't stop the car, go to AutoZone, have them read it, get a printout, bring it home, and then I'll take it back to Chrysler with those, uh, I'll take it back to Chrysler with those, with those codes for the check engine light. So she does that, comes home Tuesday night, cuts the car off. Wednesday, I go outside to start the car up to take it to Chrysler, and smoke comes from underneath the hood. So smoke comes from over by the, and so I get out the car. I pop the hood open, and there's smoke coming from the fuse box by the battery. There's smoke coming over by the, the starter and the alternator where they just replaced it. Now I'm standing there like, uh, okay, like the car just caught on fire, and I'm definitely not driving it now. So I'm like, so I'm, again, now I'm back on the phone with AAA, right? Like I need a tow truck, yet again, take my car to the dealership. Long story short, they had put a breaker around the 500 amp fuse on my car so that they could test the new starter before they got the fuse box in on Thursday. They did not replace the fuse box on Thursday. They gave me the car on Friday 
with a wire jumping 500 amps of current in my car that I started up on Friday, that, I, that, that was drove on Monday, that was drove on Tuesday, everyone I've talked to is saying, we don't understand how your car didn't set on fire. But my immediate response was, I know why, because I'm covered. Right, like I'm, I'm, I'm covered. And then God started to remind me of when they had did a recall on my Ford Taurus and for some reason they didn't put Loctite on the bolts. And I literally went to the shop and the man could take the screws from my engine and pull them out with his hand. And he said, I don't understand how your engine is being held together. And I said, I understand because I'm covered, right? Like, and it's not about the warranty, it's about the blood of Jesus. And my neighbor across the street who's a mechanic is like, that's insane because your wife's brakes should have stopped working while she was driving because all of that is tied to the electrical system. Your wife's car could have just shifted out of gear because that's tied to the electrical system. He said that could have started a fire because of the electrical system. And I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm out here concerned about the cost and I'm worried about the money when I forgot that me and my family have been paid for for and that we are under warranty. We are under warranty, Pastor Sean. And, it, and, it, and then God was just revealing to me, he was like, you're under warranty. And not only that, because you haven't been bringing me every little thing, my God. He said, you've already been wasting your time. You've been wasting your money because you are not reading and understanding the full coverage of your warranty. Because even if we know the promises of God, if we don't hold them to them, Pastor Sean, what difference does it make? Right? And it's different areas of our life. Like we trust God with our marriage, but then we have kids and we like, Lord, let me protect my children. And then we, protect, we, we trust God with our, with, our, with our children and then we buy a home and we're like, oh my God, let me get all the protection plans I can for my home. And then it's our car and then it's our finances. It's our retirement. It's our health care. It's everything. We keep going from one thing to another, learning how to trust God. Because one thing I've always struggled with was trusting God, not, I wouldn't say trust God, but I felt like I needed to protect my family, Pastor Sean. Like, I'm the man of my household. Like, I got to hold my family down. And God showed me, like, I protected your family when you weren't even here. Not only that, you weren't even praying for their protection. Like, they're covered. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Like, I got them. My entire family and my, and my sister was in the car riding down the highway, and, my, and, my, and my, my friend was like, I don't know how the brakes didn't just stop working. They're completely electronic, and that's fried. But she got all the way home, and every problem we had with the car, Pastor Sean, the problem happened when the car was in my driveway, and we were already home safely. The assurance, the assurance of being under warranty, right? Like, I forgot about the guarantee because it was sold before we moved to North Carolina. It was, it was sold before I uprooted my life and moved to another state, right? We go through different stages and different seasons, and sometimes we forget about what's covered, right? Do you understand your coverage? Do you understand the guarantees? Do you know that you are still under warranty? And not just repair and replace because even if we are to be absent from this body, it's to be present with the Lord and we have something better. That's better than gap coverage. Gap coverage just gets you what you had. Jesus will give you something entirely new when he's, when he's done with what he issued you. 
See, and then it, when I was looking at that, I'm like, oh my, like, thank you, Jesus, for that piece, because I felt myself like I should be getting frustrated. And I'm talking to the managers at these different locations, and even the guy at AAA, he was like, sir, I don't understand. He was like, I, I apologize. He was like, but I'm really shocked that you are so calm, right? But it was like, you don't understand <laughs> how God just saved my family. Like, I can be frustrated at a situation in poor craftsmanship, but I'm not going to let that override the praise of God saving my family. So, like, the peace that you feel is because I know how he protected us. I know how they were covered as they moved from point A to point B. And then I was like, God, your, your guarantee is so strong, in it, but we have to we have to be tested in those areas of our life. We have to be kind of hit in those areas of our heart because we're, current, we're constantly going through a process of transformation and we get comfortable, right? We get comfortable with the assurances that we know and a lot of times we don't want to step out of that boat into something new because, right, like, like, like Peter was cool seeing Jesus do all of this stuff, but then you want me to step out against gravity, like, the, like gravity, <laughs> Like, give me, hold on, give me a second. Like, let me, let me, but, but that's another thing, and it's a challenge of the heart, right? And that's why there's the endurance. That's why there's the continued transformation. That's why we're working out our salvation. He uses all of these, we use all these terms in the Bible that are about, like, exercising and building because it's a process that if we're honest and we're transparent about it, right, it can help us grow. It can help us develop. It can help us build out the assurances that God is committed to us in our words that become applicable and real in our lives. So if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22, as I, as I move towards closing, I found this to be interesting. It says, now he who establishes us with you in Christ has also anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 5 through 8, it says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sights. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, right? When Jesus died upon the cross, he sealed the guarantee of God's promises for our life with his blood, right? This is a warranty that no one could purchase, that no amount of money could buy, that, that nobody could offer, but God himself through reconciling a perfect man for our sins. We are under warranty. And like our warranty manager, if you, if you look at 2 Corinthians, should be the spirit of God in us, giving us confidence that in this situation you have a guarantee. Like in this situation, you have, it's been bought, it's been paid for, it's been sealed. So this is why God and Jesus can say, do not be anxious. Because Jesus is telling us to not be anxious after all of these assuredly's. He gave you all these assurances and then told you not to be anxious, right? He gave you the warranty and then said, you're covered. 
But we just, we don't be anxious, okay. And, and then there's a new thing. There's a new situation. There's a new circumstance. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a new obstacle that gives us a little bit of the anxiety. And I'm, saying, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, right? Like we're human. We've got to learn. We've got to grow. But we have to remember that we are covered. So when we get into a situation, whether it's big or whether it's little, we've got to go back and we've got to consult our assurances, right? We've got we've we've to consult our assurances that minimize our anxiety, that keep us out of, uh, out of being, about being pulled towards chaos, right? Like we can't be anxious because Jesus already paid for our protection. The, the blood that spilled from his side is covering us and not just covering us in basic, simple situations, but covering us in every spectrum from the most basic to the most complex and the most dire. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it said, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believe, believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So let me give you my last assuredly. <laughs> Matthew 24, chapter 30, uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 34, 35. Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, this generation by no means will pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away. My words will by no means pass away. So Jesus is also saying that there is no expiration on his warranty. There, there, there's nothing that's excluded. There's, there's, no, there's no limitations, right? Until heaven and earth pass away, that means you can count on the promises of God every day until the end of all existence. Right? But we have to understand that assuredly, and we have to be willing to allow the Spirit to be our warranty manager. We have to get out of our autonomous response to, I can handle it, I can take care of it, I've got it, it's covered, right? And just pause for a minute and say, Jesus, what are you doing in this situation? What are you trying to show me? Like, how do I need to trust you? How do I need to lean upon you? I'm not saying don't, don't do typical normal things. I would have still called AAA because <laughs> I have coverage, right? I'm not, Jesus isn't going to tow my car, right? Like, I don't, I don't, we, we, we've got that covered, but he gave me the money to pay for the coverage. So Jesus already had it covered right? But in the, in the mist, in the anxiety, because when they said the engine, the first thing I told my wife, I said, if there's anything wrong with your car other than the starter, I'm buying you a new car tomorrow. Like, I don't have time for this. And then I reflected, and I'm like, all of the, like, weird financial choices I've made has been buying cars because something happened that people couldn't diagnose, and then I was like, that car's got to go. My wife had a two-and-a-half-year-old car. It did a weird thing where it rolled out of the driveway when my kids were in it. I literally, when I got home, I went and bought her the safest SUV that was sold, like a $60,000 SUV, you know what I mean, with inflatable airbag, you know, like just safe. Like I want them to be safe because the car literally rolled out of the driveway. And I'm like, I can't have that. And I wasn't home, right? So, but, but even so, my neighbor just happened to be outside, ran behind the car and stopped it. So even when I wasn't there... God had somebody that was, but I needed to be assured. 
I need it to feel better. So I'm like, let me get her a car that's safe. There's no recalls. Everything's fine. And then interestingly enough, Pastor Sean, then there was recalls on that car, right? And I'm like, Jesus, what are we doing? So now I have a truck. Um, but that's the thing. Like, we have to be able to go through things and then stop and take a minute and pause and say, God, what assurances are you trying to confirm in me right now? Like, God, what are you trying to teach me? What is your spirit trying to build in me? What am I exercising right now? What muscle memory should I be getting? Instead of us just moving by our own will, moving in our own logic, doing things to our own understanding, because that won't give us peace. We might solve that one problem, but when the next one comes, we're going to be anxious again. Like, we have to trust God and trust the fact that we are truly under warranty. And to say that might sound weird to some people because I never take for granted that everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice on any given day in church or out of church knows Jesus, right? I'm talking to mechanics and people and when they're asking me these questions, I'm like, they were like, oh, I don't understand. My response was, I understand. Like, I understand that God was protecting my family. I don't, I don't you, you can catch that later, but I understand. Um, so, like, you fixed the car, like the miraculous I already get. But that doesn't mean that everybody knows that feeling because the manager of our warranty is the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. So the reason we're, we, we should be feeling anxiety is because there's an area that we're not allowing the Spirit to manage. Right? Because once we allow the Spirit to manage that part of our life, once we allow the Spirit to manage our career, once we allow the Spirit to manage our children, once we allow the Spirit to manage our finances, we have to keep going, right? And there's this constant process of navigating where, like, okay, the Spirit of God is pulling you. Like, you've got to let that go. Like, you've got to give that to God. But we're negotiating. We're like, no, I got this. Like, I know enough. Like, I got it covered. And then Jesus is like, I got it covered. And the Spirit is in between. Like, like no, bro. Like, Je Jesus has got it. Like, let, let me have it. And it's this handover process, and it's constant, and it's ongoing, and it's the perfecting of the saints, and it's the equipping of the saints, and it's our growing in maturity, it's our growing in favor, it's our growing in faith, and it's a constant process of us finding a challenge, looking to the Spirit, and then saying, okay, let me give that to you to manage, right? But the, the intermediary, <laughs> the warranty manager, is the Spirit of God, right? That's the Spirit of God that we need to accept. That's the Spirit of God that we need to have within us when we have faith in Jesus Christ. And so there may be somebody watching right now, right? You may be looking right now, and, and, and it sounds good, right? You're tired of struggling with anxiety. You're tired of, of having decisions that you can't reconcile and, and feeling depressed and feeling confused. But there is a God who can offer you a warranty. There is a God who can offer you courage, coverage. There's a God that can offer you protection. But you have to seek out God, right? You have to, you have to accept his invitation. Like, it's already there. It's already there. Like, he, he, he wrote it down. He put it out there. He's omnipresent. He's, he's everywhere in the world. Like, he just needs you to acknowledge the fact that he is your provider, so as I close, I just want to say again, for anyone who's struggling, for anyone, whether it's big or small, right? Like sometimes we, we try to make the struggle seem like it has to be something insurmountable. Like, no, it's the little things that build up. It's the little things that stack day after day after day, and they become something that people can't move because there's so many small pieces, 
right? It's the, it's the accumulation. Sometimes it's not the emergencies. It's not the crises. It's the small drifts. It's the small changes. It's the small challenges that wind up breaking us down that we don't want to inconvenience God with. I'm going to ask right now that you put all of that before the Father, regardless of how significant or insignificant you think it may be. Just say, God, I put everything at your feet, God. I want you to help me navigate these warranties, God. I want you to help me evaluate these circumstances, my purchases, my, my decisions, how I'm using my time, my vacations. Like, God, let me pause and reflect on what's covered before I make a decision. God, help me navigate in that space. If you don't know Jesus Christ, I pray that right now you feel something on the inside of you. See, there's a, there's a space inside of all of us. There's a void that was created in mankind that was, that's there for the relationship with God that we broke being sinful in a garden. So all of us have something in us calling out saying that we need the spirit within us. So if you feel that right now, if you feel that conviction, if you feel that, that desire to have a relief, if you know that there's areas in your life where you should have peace and you should have greater understanding that you haven't walked into yet, I pray that right now you just allow that feeling to resonate. Don't try to push it down. Don't try to logically justify it. It's not because you're hungry. It's not because you're sick. It's because God is trying to do something inside of you. God is showing you right now who he is. God is touching you so that you understand that he is real. God is being with you right now so that you, you know that he's in the midst of your circumstances. So sit in that space. Sit in that feeling and just cry out to him. Just cry out to him. Just say, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus, in the simple things in my life. I need you, Jesus, in the mundane things of my life. I need you, Jesus, in the complex things of my life. God, I need you. I need you so I can walk in the calling you had me to walk in. I need you so I can be a beacon for your kingdom on earth, God. I need you so I can be a representation of your gospel. I need you so I can be a better father. I need you so I can be a better husband. I need you so I can be a better friend. I need you so I can be a better servant. I need you so I can be a better leader. God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Come manage my warranties. Keep revealing to me what's covered. Keep, keep assuring me, Father, that I'm protected. We thank you, God, for the sacrifice of your son. We thank you, God. For the word on today, God, I pray, Father, for every heart that's been touched, God. I pray for every person as Pastor Sean comes and does the closing, God, he'll let them know that they can reach out different ways that they can connect with us virtually, Father. But I just thank you right now because I even feel it right now, Father. I feel it right now, God. You managing my warranties, God. I feel you, God, managing my coverages, God. I feel you right now, God giving me peace. God, I feel you right now. God, just saying, that's covered, son. Don't worry about it. It's covered, son. Don't worry about it. They're covered, son. Don't worry about it. So I can focus on what you called me to do. I thank you and I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody, somebody pray for me, whether I seem like I'm well